What specifically would you do that you aren't currently able to because your health condition is holding you back? Welcome to Balance Health Now podcast. I'm your certified functional nutrition health coach and host, Sydney Torres. My passion is helping moms with SIBO, aka small intestinal bacteria overgrowth, find their underlying root causes. My other passion is speaking to other health and wellness warriors who share the same vision, wellness for all. We chat all things A to Z on holistic health and wellness, providing holistic and science-based solutions to help you reclaim your health so you can live, feel, and transform into the best version of you. If you don't have your health, then what do you have? The first step is up to you. I release new episodes every Wednesday. Hope to see you inside. This podcast is meant for educational purposes only. The content should not be used to diagnose, treat, cure any medical or psychological disorder. Hello and welcome to Balance Health Now podcast. I'm your certified functional nutrition health coach and host, Sydney Torres. Today, I get to hang out with Annie Bush, and we are going to be talking all about cognitive decline. Hey, Annie, how are you? Great, Sydney. How are you doing today? I am doing so wonderful. I'm very excited to learn more about cognitive decline, and just thank you for bringing awareness to this. I think this is something that everybody needs to know, especially our younger generation. And I really appreciate that. When you said you wanted to, to really, let's, let's get to the younger folks, because the sooner that we can catch this, the earlier it will be to stop the progression. So thank you very much for, for like increasing the awareness of this to our younger folks. Well, before we like dive into this, I just want to um, share a little bit about you. You spent over 10 years as a federal and state prosecutor, and then you, uh, your focus changed to health and wellness education, and you are a certified brain health coach, and you work with ADD, anxiety, depression, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's and dementia. So I want to hear a little bit more about you and how you got to where you are today. Oh, great. Thank you. Uh, The switch came from being an attorney to being in health and wellness space when my parents got cancer. You know, usually for those of us in this community, there was something that happened either to ourselves, to our own health, or to a family member. And for me, it was my mother and father. My father got cancer, he passed away, and then my mother got cancer, and I was living with her at the time. And I got to see firsthand how the traditional medical industry did or did not treat her cancer. Like when I took her over to chemo, there was baskets of cookies and candy and sugar, you know, so here they are, they're putting chemo in her body and saving her sugar at the same time. And I knew enough then, I'm like, wait a minute, this is not right. And nobody was educating her. No one was telling her how to eat, you know, anything. So at first I got frustrated. 
And then I got angry and then I took action and decided I need to do something. So that's when I made the switch into being a personal trainer, a health coach. And then I start seeing my personal training clients, parents declining. And my clients are telling me, you know, they're in memory care units and they're declining. And I was like, there's gotta be, you know, here again, the frustration turns to anger, turns to action. I went and became a certified brain health coach first under Dr. Daniel Amen. And that was really, really eye-opening. And he's really good at the ADD, ADHD, um, injury, trauma um, aspects of brain health. And I learned a lot about brain anatomy. And then I went and I got certified by Dr. Dale Bredesen, who focuses on cognitive decline. And there, you know, the causes, those root causes that we're going to talk about today, which I'm so excited about, those root causes of cognitive decline. So it was a nice mesh of the two. So let's, let's, for those listening who aren't familiar with cognitive decline, I think a really good starting place is what is cognitive decline? Well, the short answer is basically the brain shrinks in response to an attack, either through inflammation, from toxins or a trauma. It just sort of hunkers down and makes itself as small as possible to reserve its resources and its nutrients. And that's where the shrinkage comes. So you have all heard of Alzheimer's and Parkinson's and dementia. And dementia is like the umbrella term it's over all of these cognitive decline conditions. And, you know, the symptoms include, you know, memory loss, difficulty writing, difficulty reading, difficulty speaking, difficulty following a conversation or reasoning or staying organized or being able to plan. And we'll talk a lot more about the symptoms in a little bit. But so the other thing we think of when we think of Alzheimer's is the, you know, the buildup of the amyloid plaque and the tau proteins. Well, the brain builds those up in response to the inflammatory attack. So it's not the amyloid plaque that's causing the Alzheimer's. It's in response to the inflammation that is causing the Alzheimer's. That's why it's present, you know, when they go do an autopsy of a brain and there's this amyloid plaque there because it's created as a defense mechanism by the brain to the inflammation. It's not causation though. And that's where people are getting confused and there's all, you know, they're creating these drugs to try to get, get rid of the amyloid plaque when that is not the cause. So it's sounding like, um, like the companies that are making these types of medications, they are not understanding that we need to get to the roots and it's just not like, oh, let me just make this, uh, create this certain medication and just give it to a person and poof, it's gone. No, I am all about getting to the root cause of any issue, because if we don't dig out and pull out those roots, the condition or the symptoms or call it what you may, it's still going to exist. So if you could just kind of talk more about the root causes. Right. And, you know, we really need to go upstream to the very, you know, to the root. And 
I do a lot with genetics now too. And knowing what your DNA is sets the foundation on which we are building. So that, you know, what your body is designed to do. And we can talk more about that later. That is like the root foundation that we are going to build on. But Dr. Dale Bredesen has identified at least 36, what he calls holes in the roof, root causes of cognitive decline. So we can imagine a roof with a whole bunch of holes in it. Okay. Some are going to be bigger than others. And some are going to be over the living room couch. And some of them are going to be in the garage. If we go after the big ones first and deal with those big root causes, it helps with everything. And some of those are, number one, is exposure to toxins. Now we are, I'm telling you, you are the product of any toxin you have ever been exposed to. Heavy metals, mold in your house. We could do a whole podcast on getting rid of mold in your house and what it does to your brain. So those are, that's the first one. Um, I grew up in a small coal mining town in Pittsburgh. I breathed in coal dust and exhaust from big towers my whole childhood, you know, um, and at a certain point in my adulthood, I found out I had heavy metals. So your first root cause is this accumulation of heavy metals or molds. Number two is blood sugar regulation. So we are talking insulin resistance, prediabetes, Diabetes, anything that has to do with your blood sugar regulation is huge. That's why they say they sometimes refer to Alzheimer's as type three diabetes because of the impact and the inflammation that this blood sugar deregulation causes in the brain. Um, number three is hormone imbalances. We're talking your thyroid, we're talking all your adrenals, we're talking your estrogen, your progesterone, your testosterone. So all of you women out there that are starting to go through perimenopause or menopause, you really need to pay attention to keeping your hormones balanced because estrogen has neuroprotective properties. The risk for Alzheimer's goes up when women go through menopause because their estrogen levels lower. So we could have a whole discussion on how your hormones affect your brain health, but that's another, that's another root cause as to why you start having cognitive issues is because all you don't have optimal levels of these hormones. Um, stress, cortisol, adrenal dysfunction, Stress is huge. Um, the cortisol, what the impact that it has on your brain, the inflammation that it causes in your brain. A leaky gut. If you're having digestive issues, we need to talk because a leaky gut can lead to a leaky brain. All right, so things are getting into your brain that should not be in your brain. Um, compromised detoxification, your methylation pathways, your detoxification, your liver function, the buildup of toxins in your body leads to cognitive decline, um, infections, traumas. Those are two big categories too. And then like vitamin D and other nutrient deficiencies contribute to another root cause of cognitive decline. So those, um, and you know, there's a new one that is just getting more attention now is um, COVID and the shots. 
crossing the blood-brain barrier and the damage that both of those are doing to the brain. Oh, wow. Yeah. That is, I would actually like to read um, any papers on that. That is. Yeah. You know, so it's going to take us a while to sort all of it out. But um, but before I left the Institute, we, st- we were starting to see more of what we were calling COVID brain. You know, the long haulers coming in. Right. Because if, so let's just say you didn't have a perfect brain. You might have had a leaky gut maybe a little blood sugar dysregulation, and then you either got COVID or you got the shot in the boosters and you have a leaky brain, they cross the blood brain barrier. So I just have kind of a curious question for you right now. Mm-hmm. Leaky brain, uh, could you just kind of maybe expand on that a little bit more? Right, there's, you know, just like with your um, digestive tract. So we'll, 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 I'm gonna use the digestive tract and we'll get into the brain then. You know, by the time you put something in your mouth and it comes out the other end, in between those two points is 30 feet of tubing. And in that tubing, it is meant to protect the rest of your body from bacteria and, you know, viruses and whatnot. So your body should absorb the nutrients and the hydration that it should and everything else it should go out the other end. However, when you're eating things like gluten, processed carbohydrates, and the processed foods, they, what it's referred to is they permeate your gut. It causes holes. Another analogy is the old fashioned coffee makers where you had a coffee filter and you put the grinds in the coffee filter and then the water filters through and the only thing that should come out is liquid coffee. If I poked holes in the filter, then the grounds would get through the holes and get into your coffee. That's what leaky gut is. It's things getting through your digestive tract and into your bloodstream and causing that autoimmune response because then your body starts attacking itself. Well, those things that shouldn't be in your bloodstream are then traveling up to your brain and your your brain has a blood-brain barrier that's supposed to do the same thing. It's supposed to protect your brain from things getting in there that shouldn't and absorbing the nutrients that it should. So this is what happens is that you permeate that blood brain barrier and things start getting in there that shouldn't. Viruses is a perfect example. Now, to go back to our root causes, when does all this start? When does the brain start thinking it's got to protect itself against all these attacks? Well, whenever that causation starts. So if you're not minding your diet in your 20s and your 30s and your blood sugar is getting into a state of dysregulation, guess what? Your brain's already reacting. That inflammation's already getting up to your brain. So the protection mechanism starts when the causation starts. Whenever that heavy metal exposure begins, that's when the protection mechanism starts. So you got to sort of have a little sit down with yourself and see where you may have been exposed to mold, been exposed to heavy metal, had a virus, you know, um, underwent uh, a lot of antibiotics that kind of messed up your gut biome. You know, you went through a period of time where you weren't eating really healthy 
and maybe have created a leaky gut situation that you never really strained out. And according to Dr. Dalbredison, these underlying processes start 10, 15, 20 years ago before you start even noticing the first symptom of cognitive decline. Right, and you know, I just wanna say that everything you put in your mouth and put on your body, it matters. And I know that, you know, just gonna use myself as an example, sometimes, you know, especially being younger, like teenager up into like college, you don't care. You're not thinking about this stuff. You're just like, yeah, let me go get some cheese puffs or pizzas or putting on um, makeup and just being exposed to like all those different chemicals. I'm just so thankful that, you know, there's practitioners like you out there letting people know like, hey, we need to take a step back and we need to look at all of the areas of your life. And it's just not, you know, um, what we put in our body and what we put on, but it, you know, to go a little bit further, it's how are you sleeping? Um, what type of body movement are you doing? What is your environment like? You know, do you live right next to a factory or do you live in the city where there's a lot of cars and smog and fog, not so much fog, sorry. But um, it's just really just looking at the whole picture and really sitting down and evaluating every single thing. Because we just think a little bit here, a little bit there. And like you said, over time, it adds up. So yeah. you, may, you may start at, you know, like in your teens, not eating the perfect diet, but you know, you, you do that a little bit here, a little bit there. Now you're in your forties and it's just accumulated and added up. And now you're at to the point where you are, there's always going to be like that tipping point, that one thing that you just did a little too much and boom, it just is like the perfect storm inside. Well, and it's interesting because as you're, when you're younger, you know, you have a quicker cellular turnover. Right. You know, your detoxification pathways are working more efficiently. You'll know when it's time to draw the quit drinking alcohol by how long it takes you to get over it. That's a big sign that your body's starting to slow down. And when the toxins are increasing quicker and, you know, higher than your ability to detoxify is when you start that tipping point you talk about. And the sooner that we can catch this, the easier. We're going to be talking about this in a little bit as far as what you can do to prevent it. But I want to um, actually talk about what some of the early warning signs are. Yeah, absolutely. So that, yeah. So let's see, you know, it, you know, mentally check the boxes here. All right. For what are the most of the earliest signs are kind of the, the most subtle. But if you see these starting to happen or you see them in your friends. You see them in your parents. Um, number one is a loss of interest in things that used to bring you joy. Things that you used to do all the time that you just aren't motivated to do anymore, um, either with other people or, you know, motivation to keep up with your bills, keep it up with your emails. 
That lack of motivation is one of the first signs that there's something going on. And it's because these are different parts of the brain that are starting to shrink. That's why there's these different types of early warning signs, but that's one of them is that you're just losing your, your mojo, your motivation to do anything. Uh, number two, you start forgetting people's names. People are always like, oh, I'm just getting old. No, this is a sign of cognitive decline. Now it's one thing for me to look at you, Sydney, and go, I know her, I just can't remember her name versus I should know this woman, but I don't know where from. Now that's called facial blindness. If I know that I should know you, but I don't know, I can't place you, that's called facial blindness. That's when you take um, forgetting somebody's name and it starts, um, that the cognitive decline just starts increasing and that's the next step. Um, the next one is, now this one you may just write off, but it's mentally fatiguing around three or four o'clock in the afternoon. If you literally crash in mid-afternoon, this is a lack of oxygen uptake. You know, that sustainability of oxygen into the brain that you need a nap because your brain needs to reset. So pay attention to that. Um, when you start, or, or when you're driving, this is another one. This is one of the signs that I saw in my husband is he, when he was getting fatigued when he was driving. Um, and it wasn't that long, you know, not specifically long distances either. Uh, another sign is losing interest in reading bulk books, watching movies, or being involved in conversations because you can't remember characters, places, um, the storyline. So you go from reading books to reading magazines because the articles are shorter. You go from watching movies to 30 minute talk shows, right? Because you don't have to have that sustained memory and that sustained attention. So watch if you know your parents or friends, if these patterns start changing, this could be a sign. Uh, some other general ones is losing a word. Right, we start talking and we're having this really great conversation and then I can't come up with a word. Like if I tell you that I'm, I need to go to the pharmacy to go pick up a prescription, I may say, I need to go get my medication down the street, right? You'll just talk around the word, the, like if I can't remember the word pharmacy, I have to go pick up my medication, okay? Um, so losing those words, uh, your processing speed, we call this brain fog. It's like you're thinking through molasses and the process is just slowing down. That's uh, one of the first signs. Um, when you start feeling overwhelmed with your day-to-day -day activities, things that days that you should do, you could have been able to handle a year or so ago, like, you know, like clockwork, or is starting to, you're starting to feel overwhelmed because you can't stay organized and you can't do the planning. And again, that's a different part of your brain that is starting to shrink that you're feeling that, um, that sense of overwhelm. Um, you no longer get a boost from caffeine. That's huge. If you find yourself having to drink more and more caffeine to stay alert, that's another sign. Um, chronic headaches, lack of oxygen, sleep disruption, and we're gonna talk about sleep here in a little bit, but two huge ones for Parkinson's specifically, 
is loss of your sense of smell and constipation. And constipation is one of the first earliest warning signs of Parkinson's because it's the lack of that brain gut communication. That vagus nerve is not cooperating and the brain and the gut just aren't talking to each other. And that's one of the ones that people ignore the most. Yeah. Wow, yeah, I, I think those are really great um, early warning signs and just really be mindful, pay attention, like you said, to your, to your family, to your friends, to your parents, and see if you start to notice a pattern and get it, get it early, get it early. Yeah. You'll notice it in your friends and like your parents and your grandparents, you'll, especially if you don't see them all the time, you know, if you just see somebody like once a week, once a month, it's, we usually caught it when the kids came to visit on the holidays. Right. And they hadn't seen their parents for a few months since the last holiday. They're like, oh, something's going on. You know, I didn't notice this so much last time, but, you know, dad can't follow a conversation anymore. So it's really your loved ones. And, you know, and look at, look after your, your neighbors and your friends too, when you start noticing this stuff, um, you'll notice it before they do. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, you listen to that list. It's this, these aren't big, huge things, but they're the first signs. Right. And I just, you know, just to kind of like follow up on the constipation, I know that uh, so many people have normalized constipation and there's people out there that think we should be going every day. Every time you eat, if you eat three times a day, you should be pooping three times a day, you know, less than one and not more than three is what we used to tell people. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, you know, um, I even hate to say this, but I, I have spoken to people who say, oh yeah, I only go to the bathroom. I only poop like once a week. Oh, and no. I just have to say, yeah, that, that is not normal, but it is for some reason, they just think that is normal. So just bringing that back to the awareness, you know, every single meal, you know, like we just said one to three times, mm-hmm. something goes in, something's got to come out. Exactly. Exactly. And it's, and it's your brain and your gut communicating and that yeah, people that only go once a week or once every so many days, maybe they're normal, but that needs, you know, that's going to catch up with them because that's toxins that are building up and getting reabsorbed. You know, that's why we poop and get rid of stuff that we shouldn't be holding on to. Exactly. So, you know, I want to ask you if you could talk about the genetic markers and how they influence, um, what influence they have on cognitive decline. If there's a specific gene SNP, um, you know, just for everybody, you know, we have our genetics, our DNA, we get one from our parent, from our mother, one from our dad. So we have pairs of genes. So they come in pairs. The, what we you know, normally refer to as the Alzheimer's gene is called APOE. 
That's the location of that particular gene SNP is the APOE. Now it comes in three different forms, APOE2, APOE3, or APOE4. And again, you're gonna have two. So you're gonna have an APOE22 or 23 or 24, an APOE33 or 34, or an APOE44. If you have the four, then you have an increased risk of developing Alzheimer's. So for me personally, I just have my, all my, um, my genetics done. I'm an APOE33. My risk for developing Alzheimer's is around, let me get this correct, is around 9%, okay? Once you get one of the APOE4s, so if you're a three, four, your risk then goes up to 30%. If you have an APOE44 gene, you are more likely than not to develop Alzheimer's. It's 50, depending on the literature and the research that you read, it's anywhere between 50% and 90%. Now, does that mean you're gonna get Alzheimer's? No, that just means you're in a higher risk group which means you need to pay attention and do all those things that we're gonna talk about to prevent cognitive decline. Like specifically for APOE44s, you really need to be following a ketogenic diet. Sugar is not your friend for an APOE44 and doing intermittent fasting at least 16 hours for APOE44s. So could you just, um, could you just share a little bit about this test that you, you just did? Yes. I've partnered with 3X4 Genetics and it's an amazing company because they, you know, most companies that do DNA analysis give you a report that's about an inch to an inch and a half thick. And all it is, is data. And you pay a doctor a lot of money to explain it to you. And then you really still don't know what it's all about. At 3X4 Genetics, they take the most actionable genes, those ones that you can actually have an impact on in your life, and they put them into pathways. They group them into pathways like inflammation, detoxification, methylation, and then fun categories, and I say fun categories, but exercise, like what type of exercise is your body designed to do? What foods is your body designed to eat? Now for me, again, I just had mine done and it was the most revealing thing in the world because one of my big impact pathways happens to be vascular and I had no clue. And the inflammation that is driving this vascular impact is my ketogenic diet. I was eating animal-based saturated fats like you do in keto which now, now that I've done my genetics, I know that drives my personal inflammation. But then there's also other foods that are called histamine or um, histamine liberating foods that drives inflammation that I'm also susceptible to, which includes avocados and walnuts. So if you're doing a ketogenic diet, you are eating animal fats and avocados. And now I have to now release both of those for my diet, because now I know in my particular body with my foundation, 
when I eat those foods, it increases my inflammation. And I also have an issue with methylation that it takes longer for me to break down toxins and release them. So when I talk about genetics, look at your DNA as if I do this, then it will activate this. It's all cause and effect. Once you know what your blueprint is, what your DNA is, you can make the decisions and choices of what you're going to eat and how you're going to exercise and how much sleep you're going to get, which is going to activate this gene or it's going to activate this gene. Like I have one that, and I knew this intuitively, that I need more time to recover and rest after high levels of activity because I have an aura ring. <laughs> and for those of you who have aura rings, it tells you your steps and your sleep and your heart rate and heart rate variability, but also tells you how much recovery time you need. And I keep getting messages from my aura ring saying, you need more time to recover. Well, I get my genetics back and here genetically, I need more time to recover from heavy exercise or other periods of activity. So your DNA or your genetics really are your particular blueprint for your health. And, now, it, will, and it will tell you if you have that APOE4. So I know this question, um, people are probably thinking this question right now in their head. Is this test, if I were to go into my primary care physician, could they order this particular test or do I have to go to a functional doctor or do I have to find a specifically trained practitioner that does you need um, to the, go to someone like me who's been certified to do genetics? Yes. It's, you know, I laugh about it, but your GP, your functional doctor, unless they have been certified by a company that does genetics is not going to know what to do with a DNA report. So with 3X4 Genetics, there is a very, there's a summary, there's a part of the report that's very easy to understand. Here's your exercise, here's your, your um, nutrition, here's how much you should sleep, very, very actionable. But then it lists all of your gene SNPs and what category they're in, if it's infl inflammation or detoxification or methylation or oxidative stress, so you can actually get into the weeds, so to speak genetically and look up all the individual SNPs. But if you just want to see, if you're one of these people say, just tell me what to do. This is a very actionable, and that's what the deal is. It's very actionable report that you can take it home and read it today and know what to eat for breakfast. That's awesome. I like that. Yeah. I like that. And, and another quick question is, how is the affordability on this test? It, I can tell you right now is my husband got it done by this other company and 3x4 is about a quarter of the cost okay and i'm going to offer your listeners i can't discount the price of the test itself but i will offer a 15 discount off of my assessment costs okay yeah and we'll put all that information in the show notes too um for anybody that's interested in pursuing this so let's you know shift gears a little bit and talk about prevention or um, prevention and reversing cognitive decline. This is the fun part because this is where we take control, right? Um, first thing is, we're gonna have to put our big girl panties on and just realize you need between seven and nine hours of restorative sleep every night 
period, end of story. Why is that? Because it is during your sleep that your body heals. During the first phase of sleep, it's called your deep sleep. Your brain goes through this process where it's autophagy, right? It's going in and it's repairing and getting rid of the garbage that's in your brain. Basically what happens is your brain gets flooded with cerebral spinal fluid that washes away the debris, including the amyloid plaque. That's your first phase of sleep. That's your deep sleep. Then you go into your REM sleep, your, your dream state. And while you're dreaming all this stuff that doesn't make any sense, in the back of your brain, your brain is going through all the activities from the day, maybe the day or two before, and organizing all the information and consolidating it into memory. This is how your brain makes memory. And this is when it occurs. If you're only getting four hours of sleep, you're not getting into deep sleep. You're not getting into REM. You're not cleaning up the garbage. You're waking up with the same cellular garbage you went to sleep with. And this is what really affects your cognition and your memory is when you, your brain doesn't have enough time to take that information and make sense of it and file it away where it belongs. So that's why sleep's really important. Um, number two, reduce anything that causes inflammation. All right, so let's start with food. You know, we could go, we could have a whole program, Sydney. About yeah, food. I, oh gosh, <laughs> that's, yes, we could. Yeah. Okay, but let's do some easy, actionable steps. Okay, let's start with gluten. All right. And we have to we have to just eliminate all grains here in the United States because all the grains are sprayed with glyphosate. Right. And if it's the, if it's not the gluten that's going to get you, it's the glyphosate. Exactly. But then you need to start reading labels. Your condiments, your ketchup, your pork and beans, gravies, salad dressings. You would be amazed how many of them have wheat in them as a thickener. Okay. Soups. Oh my gosh. Soups. I used, I did used to do these presentations for Parkinson's place and I used to cover the table with, you know, things that you would typically buy. And I would show everybody on the label where it said there was wheat in it. So if something doesn't specifically say it is gluten-free, assume there is gluten in there somewhere. And I even have lists of what the code words are. They won't say there's gluten. It'll be like natural coloring or natural flavoring. And that's just code word for gluten. Um, added sugar. We know that. Yes. You know, we, artificial sweeteners, artificial sweeteners actually damage your brain and your DNA more than you think. Um, vegetable oils. Oh gosh. Don't even get me started about that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The only oils you should have is like olive oil, avocado oil, coconut oil, and grass fed butter. Right. Yep. You know, you stick with those four. Yeah, don't make it more complicated. Just get rid of those crappy vegetable oils so they don't oxidize your brain. Um, and for women, excessive alcohol. Okay, so here's the deal. Your liver can only handle so much alcohol before it toxifies your brain. For women, that's usually one drink a day. And whatever that legal size of that drink is, that is how much your liver, liver can handle. If you are starting to feel a buzz, that means that toxin is now in your brain. 
So having that glass, there is nothing wrong with having that glass of wine for dinner. Nothing wrong with that, but anything more than that is becoming toxic and it's becoming inflammatory. All right, so those are our beginning um, food groups and things just to avoid because they all create inflammation. Uh, nutritional support. And this is where the DNA testing comes into play because it, the DNA testing will tell me what, your, what nutrients your body needs. Like I needed much more folate, um, methyl B12, um, choline. There was, there's just some nutrients like my body needed to boost up in. And then there's some nutrients specifically for your brain. I was deficient in vitamin D. I had no clue. And vitamin D is really, really important to your brain. And then downstream from that, upstream from that, you need magnesium to be able to absorb the vitamin D and convert it into the active form. So there's certain nutrients that you're, you really, really need. At the very least, get a really good, clean multivitamin and multimineral, an omega-3 fatty acids, those omegas, and vitamin D. You know, at the very least, get those three you know, and hopefully there's enough zinc in your multivitamin, multi-mineral formula. But again, this, these are things that we could work out um, based on your genetics as to what your body needs and what you're deficient in. Okay, number four, eliminate those toxins in your home, all right? And you had mentioned earlier, and um, I don't think we really think about it, is the things that we put on our skin. Yeah, that's huge. That, that is it's, so huge. You know, everything from your hand lotion to your mascara, to your shampoo, to deodorant, to deodorant. as well. <laughs> I think we talked about the deodorant we talked about, we talked earlier. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Your skin is your biggest organ. So look at your cosmetics. There are, um, there are cosmetic companies out there that are making really good, clean products. Um, so go out and do some research and just start cleaning out your medicine cabinet, um, your cosmetic bag, and really, you know, the earlier you can start doing that, the better. Um, look at your house for mold. We had mentioned this earlier, you know, bathrooms, shower stalls, kitchen sinks, window sills. We were, um, before we moved into the house that we were in, we were in a rental unit. And every morning I woke up and there was water on the inside of the glass and the windows. And it was settling in the grout lines. And I'm like, this is a mold disaster just waiting to happen because those windows weren't sealed. Right. Really. So um, really go and check your house for molds. Uh, the other thing is eliminating high mercury foods, high mercury fish, right? Um, and we can get you those lists if you want. Eating organic when um, there's the dirty dozen and the clean 15, right? Eating good, clean food. Hydration. Okay. Who, the, the rule of thumb is you take your body weight, you divide it in half, and that's how many ounces of clean, good, purified, pH balanced water you should be drinking every day. Now, if it's caffeine, if it's got, this is what doesn't count for that calculation. It's got caffeine in it, sugar, artificial sweeteners, if it's carbonated, or if there's alcohol in it. All right, so your coffee doesn't count if it's got caffeine in it because 
those five categories are dehydrating or they're making your body more um, acidic. In the case of carbonated beverages, it's making your body more acidic so you're not absorbing the water. So what I tell people is for each one of those five beverages, you have to add an additional 10 to 12 ounces. I like that. Yeah, so for your cup of coffee in the morning, you got to add 10 ounces. If you're having iced tea at lunch, another 10 ounces. Right, so that's sort of how that, that works so that, because to be able to detoxify, you need that you need, your body needs water, your body needs fluid to be able to do that. Um, the other thing is intermittent fasting. Now, um, Dr. Gail Bredesen has what he calls KetoFlex 12-3. And what that means is going at least 12 hours without eating. So if you put your seven to nine hours of sleep in there, you just need like another three or four because your body, your digestive system, that autophagy process, that cleaning up process of the damaged cells only happens when you're not actively putting something in. <laughs> exactly. So if you're putting something in, you're feeding your body rather than letting it restore itself. Those two actions cannot happen at the same time. So that's why going at least 12 hours every day consistently lets your body go through that cleanup process. And then the, the three part of that 12-3 is going at least three hours between dinner and you going to bed to give your body an opportunity to digest the food that you just ate before you're trying to go to sleep. Okay, um, and one of the most important preventative things you can do is exercise. And I don't know if you've, if you've talked about brain-derived neurotropic factor. Exercise creates brain-derived neurotropic factor or BDNF for short. And what BDNF is, is a growth factor. Think of it as fertilizer for your brain. So as you're exercising, you're creating this growth factor that you can come then through to plant little new brain cells, okay? So that's why I always counsel my folks that we're gonna exercise and then you're gonna do something cognitive immediately right after. Or even better, you're gonna do something cognitive while you're exercising. So that we're doing this simultaneously. So this BDNF, is what serves as a fertilizer for neurogenesis. So it is one of the most important things you can do. However, BDNF is a gene. You have certain BDNF genes. Some people genetically cannot produce BDNF from exercise. And that's one of the things that we learn while we're doing when we do your genetics. I had a client at the Institute and I actually went to the gym with them to watch him do his workout. He was amazing. You know, the gentleman was, I think he's in his early seventies. He had all of his, you know, his machines, his reps, his weights written down. He had it, he had it together, but he wasn't, you know, he wasn't improving at the rate that, you know, it was like, we're missing something here. He got his genetics back. And here he's one of the people that cannot produce BDNF from exercise. So he was not benefiting from cognitively from the exercise. Now there's workarounds, 
you know, we increase there's certain nutrients like lithium orotate and butyrate type foods that will actually increase BDNF. So there are workarounds, but if you don't know what your situation is, you don't know that you have to go to the workaround. Right. You know, to be able to boost it. And um, one of the, the most <laughs> exciting cutting edge kind of things is um, the LifeWave stem cell activating patches that will actually activate new brain cells, the creation of new stem cells in the brain. So you can actually start now to start creating new brain cells by activating those pathways. So, okay, just quickly explain what LifeWave is. You just said it's a patch? Yes. Now, do um, you, do you, where do you place the patch? Like on your arm? Right. So if you look at your body, if you're familiar with acupuncture and acupuncture points, your body has, and it's, and it sort of, oh, it almost mirrors or follows those pathways through your genetics, pathways of inflammation and detoxification and methylation. These pathways, these meridians are like highways that run through your body, connecting your organs and your nervous systems and and whatnot, you're all connected. There's just like highways. So the patch is a non-transdermal patch. And I know people cannot see me, but I'm holding it up for Sydney. <laughs> and what it looks like is a round band-aid. It's about an inch by an inch circle. And it looks like a little band-aid and it peels off just like a band-aid um, or a little sticker. Well, the technology, after about 10 years of research and 70 patents, David Schmidt was commissioned by the US Navy to come up with a way to keep their officers alert and focused during their long missions, but it couldn't be done with stimulants or drugs, right? Because they're the Navy. And by the way, it has to have a self-generating energy source because they're out in the middle of nowhere. So what David Schmidt developed were these patches that in the middle of the patch is a crystal matrix. Again, it looks like a little Band-Aid and where the middle of the Band-Aid is, is a crystal matrix. And what happens is just like the sun, when the sun hits your skin, a certain wavelength of light hits your skin and there's a biochemical process that occurs that converts that wavelength into vitamin D, right? You don't have to do anything. And then your skin carries that throughout your body and the vitamin D spreads throughout your body and gets converted to active vitamin D. So just like that process with this patch, your body heat is now the source of the energy. Your body heat rises up to hit the patch the crystals emit a wavelength of light, which then goes back down those meridians or pathways. And with the X39 patch stimulates your stem cells by stimulating a certain peptide. It's called GHKCU. It's a copper peptide that stimulates stem cells. And if you're not familiar with stem cells, just think about when you were a child and you scraped your knee. It was the stem cells that rushed your knee to create new skin. That's what stem cells do. They do the repair job. Well, as we get older, we have fewer and fewer stem cells. So it takes us longer and longer and longer to repair. That's why it's so, so horrible getting falling and breaking a hip 
later in life because you don't have enough stem cells to heal yourself. But with the patches now, continually during the day, you can be creating and activating new stem cells. And the research shows that with six months use of the X39 patch, you can reverse your cellular aging by eight years. What? I know. Yeah. Now, when you put that stem cell patch on, let's just say, well, you know, for me, <laughs> I wanted it to go right after these wrinkles. I'm like, I want it to go right after the skin, right? But what the stem cells are going to do is they are going to go to the area of your body that has the most inflammation. So if you got something going on inside of you that you don't know about, it's going to go there first and repair it. Whether it's a liver, it's a kidney, it's a leaky gut, which you really want to heal up. It's a leaky brain. Those stem cells know where to go. We are divinely designed. And those stem cells will go where they're most needed and do the repair job. And when they're done there, they'll go to the next area. And they'll actually go and start creating stem cells in the brain. So this can be one of the most significant developments in reversing cognitive decline is actually being able to create new stem cells. Well, that's amazing. That is it's amazing. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a fascinating and magical and crazy good age that we're living in right now. Yeah. Yeah. So true. Well, Miss Annie, I want to ask you one final question and that is what is one thing somebody can do for their health? You know, if it was, if they just had one thing, Mm -hmm. I would say drink more water. You know, we just underestimate you will die sooner by not drinking water than you do without food. And you need water to detoxify. You need water for your cells to be able to talk to each other. You know, your brain is 75% water. If you're not drinking your water, your brain is just shrinking just by virtue of you being dehydrated. So if I had one piece of advice for everyone is figure out how much water you need to drink every day and start drinking it. Yeah, what you said earlier, taking your body weight, splitting that in half, and that's how many ounces. And if you drink your coffee, your teas, the alcohol, add in another, what, 12 ounces? 10 to 12 ounces, whatever, whatever you can fit in. Yeah. So how can people find you? The easiest way is just email me because I have a lot of information. We've talked about a lot of different things today. You know, you may want information just on what can I do to improve, you know, my cognition? How can I prevent cognitive decline? How can I get a hold of the LifeWave patches? How can I get my genetics done? Just email me. And it's your total body at yahoo.com. One more time, it's your total body at yahoo.com. And just say, hey, I heard you on Sydney's program. Yeah. And just um, I'm gonna put all of the information, all of your contact information in the show notes. That way, if you're driving or if you're on a walk doing getting that exercise in and you don't have a pen and a paper. Just go to the show notes and um, just click on the links and it will take you to where you need to be, or you can email. That's perfect. And you know what? I'm going to leave with one final note. Okay. Um, for, all, for all you moms out there, 
the sooner that you can start practicing these things with your children, the less likely they are going to even know what cognitive decline is. Our goal is to eliminate, totally eliminate Alzheimer's or the thought of Alzheimer's in our generation so that their generation has no clue what it even is. But it's gonna be up to the parents to raise them. Exactly. I love it. I love it. And you know, you, I just want to say a huge thank you to you and you have just shared so much incredible, like knowledge and information and actionable steps. So like right now, after you finish listening to this, there are things you can start to implement today. Do not wait. Start with one thing. Exactly. Get rid of gluten. You know, pick one thing and start doing it for a week and then pick another thing. Exactly. Just the little, little, little changes. They add up to big changes. Your brain will thank you. Yeah. Thank (laughs) you. And you have a beautiful rest of your day. And thank you, Cindy. And thank you to everyone out there. Wait, don't go just yet. If you like today's episode, please leave a review. This way, the message of health and wellness can get shared with others. If you ever want to hang out, you can find me on Instagram at Balance Health Now. Until next time, stay well.